can be found in our corner post. Uh, today we're continuing our series in the prologue of John and looking today at John chapter 1, verse 3. As we come to this verse in the Bible, let me pray for our time together. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to your word this morning, uh, please be with each of us. Our Father, we pray that you would give us a greater understanding of what it means to know that Jesus is our creator. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I remember when I was 14 years old, sitting down in science class and watching a movie on how the universe began. Uh, the movie started with the narration. In the beginning, there was nothing. But then suddenly matter entered the world, and quick to follow was antimatter. Then began the great cosmic battle between matter and antimatter. And in the end, matter won. Uh, from the remaining matter, the universe was formed. Uh, this movie began with the premise that in the beginning was nothing, and then nothing Something, and then from nothing, something happened. Oh, this is a ludicrous premise, isn't it? That something came from nothing. Uh, you and I can agree with the premise of Maria from The Sound of Music, who sang, nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could. Uh, we can disagree with her conclusions that something good, that I must have done something good. Rather, our conclusions to the premise, nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could, is that something must have made everything. And that there must have been something, or rather, someone, who stands outside creation, who made everything that we see and know before us. Our conclusion would be that there is a creator, and that creator is God Almighty. Our friends, last week we looked at the first two verses of John's prologue and were reminded that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. In the beginning, before the world was created, there was Jesus. Jesus was there in the beginning. And today we learn that Jesus was not only there in the beginning, but that through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Uh, from verse 3 of John's prologue, I want to suggest two things. First, in the beginning, the Word created all things. And then second, from the beginning, the Word ordained all things. Let's have a look at that first point together. In the beginning, the Word created all things. Now, there is a misconception among some that Jesus is not the creator, but rather like us, he is created. A Jehovah's Witnesses will make this claim that Jesus is not God, that he is the first created being. Texts 
such as Colossians 1 verse 15, have been used to say that Jesus cannot be the creator. For this text says that he is the firstborn of all creation. Now let me say this. Firstborn in Colossians does not refer to Jesus being the first created being. Firstborn here signifies Jesus' position and authority. A firstborn held as heir all the power and the authority of the Father. At last week, we looked at how Jesus and the Father with the Spirit are one in essence. That Jesus and the Father are both divine. They are both co-equal and co-eternal. So just like the Father has all the authority, power, and that He stands outside creation, well, so too does the Son and the Holy Spirit. For they all have the same power and authority. Our passage, John 1 verse 3 and Colossians 1 verse 16, affirms that Jesus is not created, but rather the Creator, by saying that through Him all things were made. As we read in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, heavens and earth is a merism. What is a merism, I hear you ask? A merism are two contrasting parts that refer to the whole. So when people say from east to west, this is a merism. And it is referring to the most eastern point and the most western point and then everything in between. When the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth, it is saying that God created everything. In other words, Jesus created everything. And John affirms that in our passage. Through him, all things were made. Paul in Colossians 1 verse 16 says, For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. And the writer of the Hebrews says in chapter 11, verse 3, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God. Genesis 1, as we read out earlier, then gives us greater detail of how the triune God created the world and filled it. Jesus, as part of the triune God, made everything Jesus stands outside creation. Uh, to help clarify this further, let me illustrate it like this. I think of your dinner last night, or any meal in general. At my house, a family favorite is fried rice. And uh, I don't want to brag, but according to my kids, I make a really good fried rice. <laughs> the question is, Am I part of the fried rice? Because I made the fried rice, does that make me somehow now part of the dish? I know I'm separate from it. I'm the one who made the fried rice. I'm not part of it. We're not going to start eating me. This is the same with Jesus. He is not part of creation. He made creation. He stands outside creation. Knowing this, friends, that Jesus stands out creation, 
knowing that Jesus is not a created being, but our creator, well, how should we respond? How should we respond to Jesus, our creator? At the very least, we should respond with thanksgiving and praise, shouldn't we? That when we see the sun rise, the rain fall, when we feel the coolness of the breeze, we should be thanking and praising our Creator. We should be thanking and praising our Lord Jesus. But as Christians, I think we should respond more to our Creator than just saying, thanks. We should show our thankfulness and our praise to our Creator by responding to our Creator with the mandate that we were given at creation. That's how we show real thankfulness and praise. In Genesis 1 verse 28, as we read earlier, we were given a command to fill the earth and subdue it. And we would do this as God's image bearers. As God's image bearers, we were to be His stewards. In other words, we were not to build our own empire. We were to build His. We were to bring His reign and rule. Now, this command given in Genesis 1 uh, would have been a whole lot easier before the fall. And so the question is, how do we do this now? How do we bring Christ's reign and rule in a fallen world? I want to suggest that it's through the Great Commission in Matthew 28. We are to go and make disciples. We are to go and proclaim who Jesus is and what he has done. We are to speak and share that Christ is our King, our Creator, our Savior, and our Redeemer. We are to live as Christ's disciples and are instructed to further make disciples. And then as Christ's disciples, we are to live out the gospel. This means looking after our creation, being God's stewards, not building our empire, but building His proclaiming His reign and His rule. Cornerstone. Are we doing that? Are we living as Christ, as our Creator? Are we living out the mandate that we were given to bring about His reign and rule within His creation? Are we doing that by living out the gospel and making it known to those around us? Are we living out the gospel and being God's stewards and looking after His creation? Are we living out the gospel in our words and in our deeds? At Jesus, the Word, is our Creator, who in the beginning created all things. And He's also the one who from the beginning ordained all things. Let's have a look now at our second point. Point number two, from the beginning, the Word ordained all things. We are told without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Uh, we may affirm that, yes, everything that was made in Genesis 1 was made by Jesus. That He made the trees, the oceans, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. But how can it be possible to affirm that without Him, nothing was made that has been made? 
our daughter Abigail will often ask, did Jesus make da-da-da-da-da? For example, right now in your pockets or in your handbag, you will most likely have a phone. And she would ask, did Jesus make your phone? And Lauren and I will answer, yes, Jesus did make our phone. But how? How did Jesus make the phone? Well, he did it through his ongoing providence. Uh, What do we mean by providence? Well, in Christ's providence, he preserves creation. He continues to rule in his creation. He continues to work in his creation. And this providence can be done as a result of God being the one to set up and carry out his plans that He is the cause and the effect of what happens in creation, that He alone is the sole agent at work. Uh, This is sometimes referred to as the providence of God carried out in first causes, that God is both the cause and the effect. Uh, We see this providential work of first causes in Genesis 1, where God was both the designer and the executioner of creation. And we see this in how God also looks after His creation. He causes the sun to shine, and He sends the the rain to both the just and the unjust. However, in God's providence, He also sets up creation, where one thing will have a direct impact on another. God sends the rain and causes the sun to shine. However, it is through this action which has direct impact on making the grass in your backyard grow. Or if you have a backyard like ours, the weeds. Uh, Your lawn is growing, not as a result of God being the sole player at work, but He has set things up where one action will have a direct impact on another event. And by this event happening, perhaps setting up for another one. And so on. Uh, Without the sun and water, plants will die. Therefore, where God is not, where God is not both the cause and the effect of an action, this providence is called the providence of second causes. In these second causes, God has established and regulated how His creation will function through patterns He has set up. For example, He has regulated and set rules in His creation where the seasons will change, the sun will rise and set. Now, some of you may be thinking, but how does this providence stuff relate to the phone? In God's providence, He has also equipped humanity to progress and to expand. He has equipped humanity with wisdom, knowledge, and skills to make skyscrapers, bullet trains, wind farms, and yes, even the phone. Yes, God could create a smart, He could create this phone with just a command. But He used humanity through a process of learning and adapting to create the world we see around us. And where did God start all this? When did the plans of the, this phone start? Well, it started at creation when He made humanity and equipped humanity in that moment to have all the tools that were needed to build the world around us. 
And so in simple terms, that's what we tell our daughter Abigail. That from the beginning, Jesus gave us humanity, the wisdom and tools to make the phone. Yes, from creation to now, this process has taken thousands of years. But the, the means of developing the phone were already put into motion when he created man and woman. So we can affirm that in the beginning the Word created all things, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. So knowing that Christ has created all things, and without Him nothing was made that has been made, how should we respond? How should we respond to Jesus? Well, I want to suggest that we need to trust our Creator. Trust Jesus that we live in an ordered and functioning world a world that He has ordained. That through Christ and what He has ordained, we can take comfort, friends, that He, is, he has, through both first and second courses, made a functioning and ordered world. We as humans cannot alter the world so much that, that um, it would change God's good design. Until the Lord Jesus returns, the sun will continue to rise and set. The seasons will continue to change. So take comfort, Christian, in our Creator. He has created all things, and He has ordained all things. Through Him all things are made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In the beginning the Word created and ordained all things. This should lead us to praise our Creator. It should lead us in thankfulness to carry out His will and should lead us to find comfort in Him. But some here may be thinking, they may be asking the question, if Jesus created all things, ordered all things, and ordained all things, does that mean that Jesus created in the beginning evil and sin? I want to introduce a third point in this sermon to address this concern. And our third point is this. Point number three, the Word is not the author of sin, but He is the author and perfecter of our faith. The Word is not the author of sin, but He is the author and perfecter of our faith. In our confession, in the Westminster Confession of Faith in chapter 3, it says this, God from all eternity did by His most wise and holy counsel of His own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass, yet so, as, yet so as thereby neither is God the author of sin. James in his letter tells us that only good gifts come from above. In John 1, 1 John says that in Him is light, there is no darkness in Him. In our passage next week, we will read, In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there is no darkness in Jesus. For if there were darkness in Jesus, he would not be able to drive out darkness. Only light can drive out darkness. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Jesus said, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? 
In Jesus, there is no darkness, only light. When Jesus created the world, when he ordained the world, he did not create sin. So where did sin come from? Well, sin came from us. It came from our first parents, Adam and Eve, who, when tempted by the devil, succumbed to that temptation. Through Adam, we have been born into sin. We naturally live in darkness. But since the beginning of creation, God has chosen his elect. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6 says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Jesus elected us before the beginning of creation. Now, the saving work of Christ happened on the cross. It is on the cross that Jesus is our mediator. It is on the cross where he bears our punishment. It is on the cross where we are reconciled back to the Father. And then this saving work, although ordained from eternity, was applied and made effectual when he, by his word and by his spirit. Through this, our minds were enlightened taken out of darkness, and we were transferred into the light of Jesus and given new life by the Holy Spirit. Friends, Jesus is not the author of sin. In him there is no darkness. But Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He elected us from the beginning, before the world was formed. Jesus looked at you and said, Mine. And on the cross, he saved us. He bore our punishment. Friends, you and I, in faith, we look to the cross. By faith, we trust that on the cross, Jesus took upon himself our sins. And on the cross, he redeemed us and made us right before the Father. I take comfort then, brothers and sisters, in who Jesus is. He is our creator, and he is our savior. Trust in his work, the work he did on the cross, that in and through the cross, you were redeemed and restored back to the Father. I want to take a moment and say, if you're here today, if you are here today and you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus as your creator and your redeemer, your Lord and your savior, if this is you, then we're so glad you're here. We are so glad that you are here. We would love to share with you more about who Jesus is. After the service, please feel free to come up and talk with me, talk to any of our elders. They were up here before, um, during the service. Uh, they would be more than happy to speak with you and tell you more about who Jesus is and what he has done. And to my brothers and sisters in Christ, it is my prayer today that you have been reminded of who Jesus is, that he is the word, that he is our creator. He has ordained all things, and he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Uh, let us respond to our creator and our redeemer by continuing to praise him, 
follow his ways, find comfort in him, and trust him. Let's pray. Our Father, our Lord, we thank you for Jesus, that through him all things were made, and that without him not one thing was made that has been made. Our Father, we pray, help us to respond and live in ways that are in accordance with your will, knowing that Christ is our creator and our redeemer, the author and perfecter of our faith. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks, musicians. Please stand for our last song. Oh,
Uh, let's leave today with these wonderful words from the one who made everything, the one who made you and I. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>